On the line now, uh, Wayne McCurry of F&B Wealth and Investments. So, Wayne, uh, welcome. What did you make of the Capitec results? No, look, the Capitec results are very good, and they have been consistently good, and they have a truly wonderful business model. My concern is, is that their success will almost lead to them becoming another big bank. In other words, the the truly simplistically, the truly easy days of getting customers on and all of that is probably getting to the end of that because now they are offering more and more, let's call it mainstream banking products and banking functions to carry on growing. In other words, they are slowly but surely becoming a big bank with all of the, let's call it, um, cumbersome nature of a big bank and it's inevitable in their growth path. And, mm-hmm. But I mean, they're very successful at, at, at what they do. And as I said earlier on, maybe their success is going to lead to them just becoming, at the end of the day, the big, one of the mm-hmm. big files. But you know, anecdotally at least, I know of many of my friends and colleagues uh, who have churned from some of the uh, bigger private banks even to have a yes. Capitec account because it's cheap yes. and it works. And that's all you need. Correct as long as you don't ever have to go to the branch. Because when you go to the branch round about the end of the month and payday, the queues outside Capitec go out the door, around the corner, out the other corner, past the toilets and out the shopping center. <laughs> Whereas the queue at the other banks, you can walk straight in. So yeah, as long as you don't physically have to go and see a, a Capitec branch at the end of the month, you actually probably uh, have made a reasonable decision in that. I mean, of course, they don't offer nearly the same products yet as the big banks. And, you know, maybe the cost, definitely they're less than the big banks, but, you know, you you get what you pay for. Yeah, well, the, the bank is uh, rated uh, pretty highly, but I'm looking at the mm. share graph, um, currently up 3.3%, but still down yes. after the Viceroy knock, uh, the big 25% yeah, drop. Do you think, the, how quickly do you think they'll recover that? Now, look, I mean, maybe the share was just too expensive and Viceroy was just the trigger to, for the share to drop to a, a maybe a more realistic ratio. I mean, you all know the Viceroy report is on Capitec is not worth the paper it's written on. I mean, they've truly and totally and utterly put that to bed. You don't even hear that name mentioned anymore with Capitec and all the concerns they, they raised. But maybe it was just a trigger to bring it down to possibly what is a more realistic valuation given the growth outputs. Maybe the market was just too optimistic on Capitec before. Yeah. Let's look at the markets. Uh, JSC pretty much flat. Um, the most notable changes are resources down 1%, uh, industrials up a third of a percent, financials up 1%, and the uh, exchange rate currently 14.28 against the dollar, 18.79 against the pound, and 16.80 against the euro. Um, but uh, most w- world markets are uh, a bit uh, treading water. And I don't know, yes. we, we're waiting for an interest rate announcement in the US. Everybody expects one. Uh, the surprise Correct. will be if there isn't one. Yes. But look, I, I think there's a, it's a virtual certainty that increase interest rates. I mean, yeah, they've given us ample warning around this inflation, although it's not a problem yet. It is ticking up. We know the tightness of the labor market. We know our abnormally low interest rates are at the moment, despite the increases we have had when you compare it against, you know, past interest rate levels. So I think it's almost inevitable. But clearly, if they don't up it, there will be a major 
positive surprise for the market. But I think they're going to stick to their, what they call their flight path or their dot, dot plots going forward. And unfortunately for all of us, especially in emerging markets, the, 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 the direction over the next year or two in the U.S. is up, eh? and we cannot buck that trend forever. At the moment, we aren't increasing interest rates because of domestic considerations. But unfortunately, we have to attract capital. And to attract capital, you've got to keep the difference between other interest rates and our interest rates attractive. And if they're going up, we will have to go up. It might not be this year, but we are going to see Again, unfortunately, interest rate increases in South Africa over the next year. Yeah, I want. Did you see yesterday uh, in the Reserve Bank's quarterly bulletin that foreign purchases of local equities dropped from forty-two and a half yes. billion rand in quarter one to thirteen billion in uh, in quarter two? Um, that's nearly a third of what it was, and uh, the purchases yes. of bonds from forty-seven billion down to four billion. Yeah, yeah. It comes to a standstill. Yeah. What do you make of that? Well, look, obviously there are domestic considerations, negative domestic issues that have caused that. But the biggest single reason is global in that in a rising interest rate environment and specifically enhanced by uh, President Trump and the trade wars and the tariffs and all of this, money has fled emerging markets worldwide. So we're lucky we still get an inflows. Other countries have had massive outflows of capital. So it's very important to realize that this outflow of capital or reduced inflows is not unique to South Africa. It is a global emerging market issue, and other countries are significantly worse than what we are. In fact, it's the first time we've had now for the last six months consistent outflows from emerging markets worldwide compared to consistent inflows for the previous three years. Yeah, I, I just think that this will this may accelerate the the interest rate cycle in South Africa. That could very easily, yes. Yeah, and yes. we also saw from Stats SA this morning that uh, the economy lost another seventy thousand jobs in the second quarter, uh, and uh, it is not going well. Do, do you think this stimulus plan from the president uh, a renewed optimism, I th- which I sense in in some business leaders could lead to a uh, uh, you know yes. a more accelerated recovery look look at the business this economic package announced by the president it is good news but understand a few things number one whenever a politician talks they will try and make out as though it is the best thing possible and it's going to change everything because that's the nature of politicians to exaggerate issues and throw big numbers at their audience and that. So you must understand, fundamentally, when a politician talks, you've got to take it with a little pinch of salt because they will paint the rosiest picture possible under any set of circumstances. You know, there's never, there's never a catastrophe for the politician. It's a challenge. So, yeah, that's the first point. Secondly, we know the government's got no more money. So although there is some reprioritization etc etc there's no per se new money being injected so the ability of the government to change the outcome of our economy in the short term is extremely limited however it is positive that he look what simplistically what our government can do 
to change the situation is give this so-called policy certainty. We must know what's happening on the labor front. We must know what's happening on the visa front. We must know what's happening on the mining front. We must know what's happening on the land front. So you need what everyone's been saying for 10 years now. You need this structural change in policy and you need to eliminate this policy uncertainty. So now he did go a little way down that track, but also a lot of vagaries and a lot of statements without too much detail on it. And unfortunately, the wheels in politics and in Parliament just turned so slowly. So he did make announcements in the right direction. He has said what he's going to do, and all of this is good news, but it takes a long time, unfortunately, for this to be implemented. And of course, once again, coming to the fact that politicians talking, they're more worried about next year's election to get that out of the way first before they get down to these other issues that, that need urgent addressing. So there's a lot we can do to help ourselves, but this isn't enough to do it. We need two things. We need these structural changes to physically come through. We need definitively an answer on this land expropriation without compensation. And then again, unfortunately, we need the world to turn positive towards emerging markets because without the second factor, it's almost irrespective of what we do here, we're not going to 3% growth or 2% growth without the world's economic situation changing and the reduction of these tariffs. And you know, it was just a general improvement in sentiment towards emerging markets globally before we can truly see, hopefully, our economy improving. Yeah, we'll have to leave it there, unfortunately. Thank you, Wayne. That was Wayne McCurry of F&B Wealth and Investments. And that's it for this Wednesday edition of the MoneyWeb at Midday Show from myself, Raik van der Kerk, and the MoneyWeb team. Thanks for tuning in.